Well, welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 87. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and award-winning, I'm going to stick to that, <laughs> comic book that. writer, J.D. Calderon. J.D., how you doing? I'm good, Barney. How you been? I mean, uh, listen, I mean, I can't complain, you yeah. know. Uh, I'm, uh, the, sky, the skies are blue. It's kind. It's kind of coolish here in New York, so it's just kind of surprising. And uh, you know, everything's fine. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. I would like to complain, but I really have no cause to. <laughs> your gratitude list is a lot longer than your than your complaint list, I guess. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, because you know, as we mentioned before, we went on the air. I've been following. Yeah, you know, I've been following your uh, your work for a while now. When we had. Um, um, your partner Daphne on a couple times and talk about Tall Tales and stuff and and mm. and I really started I really fell in love with Tall Tales and I had a great oh, time you. really great time you know following that and reading that but you're here not to talk about and we can talk about Tall Tales but you're here to right. talk about uh, your latest Kickstarter um, Kickstarter project from the mm. Roswell Chronicles uh, yes. which is uh, which is we're just passing through um, issues one through four correct correct. Good. I'm excited about that. I'm excited because now I just started looking at the Oswald Chronicles. Uh, and so for maybe the, the two or three people in the world that don't know J.D. Calderon mm. that are a part of this. Um, <laughs> two, or three, two or three billion. Because <laughs> you, uh, you've, been, you've been working, you've been writing indie comics now for well on 20 years. Uh, yeah, a bit longer than that. We started in, we started self-publishing in 92. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so. So 29 years then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like they say the 90s is not 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Right? You said 80. You said episode 87. I was like, that's a good. That was a good year. That was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's like you know, I, when you hear, uh, I got really angry when I when I noticed that someone said they're playing oldies music and it was 90s music. I'm like, that's not oldies music. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Got yeah. new kids these days. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but let's let's so let's let's chat about a bit before we jump in. Kids, kind of give people a bit of a background on on how you got into um, writing comics. Okay. Well, you know, like like most people, I started reading at a very early early age. You know, I, I was reading I don't know, four years old, five years old, whatever. Uh, but I started writing probably around the age of eight. So you know, from there it it. it uh, it gestated into writing comics, <laughs> right? Uh, at around the age of 12, kept going. Met some friends in uh, junior high school and high school. You know, I met one friend. You know, complete. I used to draw. I used to illustrate. I was practicing like everybody else at that early age. You know, I, I met a friend. Completely, completely annihilated any dreams I ever had of becoming an illustrator. But I said I can still write, so I kept writing. <laughs> So, um, but it was a good thing. It was, it was a preferred way. It was a preferred path. Right. So, you know, zip ahead. Met some uh, friends. Uh, met some friends of friends, and they introduced me to a bunch of artists. One of them was Daphne. Um, formed a company called Golden Rum Unlimited. Um, it was myself. We were very young. We were like in our early twenties, like our late teens, early twenties. So we were. Uh, we created these books. We had something called Revelations, Revelation Saga. We had. Dreamweavers, we have Tall Tales, which is still alive, which is a good thing. Uh, Dreamweavers, hopefully I can bring that one back. That's what I, I actually want to bring back. Uh, we had Reverse, Security Agenda, we had Starpoint, American Justice, all these crazy titles, right? And it was, it, I was writing, I would meet an artist and I'd be like, really? You want to do a comic? I got one for you. Because <laughs> I was just insane. I was a young kid, a lot of energy. You're like, oh, you know, you do all this stuff. So, um, the only problem was was that uh, we were producing annuals, so we, <laughs> we set out on this course. And Tall Tales, you know, the first issue would come out in '92, and then we had one in '93, and then we had one in '94. Not necessarily the best way to uh, make a business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had to, we had to stop that. Um, and then, you know, a few years later, friend, uh, one of the guys I was working with, Matt Lunsford, he um, got a position over at Central Park Media. And he was uh, doing some adult comics. 
and I remember when he first told me about it, you know, I looked down my nose at him. I was like, how dare you even bring this into my presence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? And then uh, about six months afterwards, he's like, uh, like listen, they're looking for uh, writers. And I was like, hmm, throw my name in a hat. And I was just like, and so I ended up writing some adult comics. And it, but that uh, also turned out, we ended up, I wrote like one issue of Ixter 3. Uh, the only reason that happened, and it was a shame because uh, it didn't sell as well. So they canceled it after issue two, and I got only one issue in. And, but you know, what can what can one do? Then we did a uh, Tenchi Muyu, which was uh, based on a '90s anime series, and that was, you know, just regular anime. There's no no adult stuff in there. It was just a lot of fun action adventure stuff. We did a six issue limited series of that. Um, my only regret of that is that there was never a trade put out. That's the only regret I ever had about that. Um, you know, I did a few other things. I lived on that for two or three years. Uh, which was cool uh, as a professional, and I actually lived off of my earnings. Um, but it, it taught me something important. I don't like working for anyone. I don't like <laughs> creatively. You know, I don't like pitching to people. I don't like you know going to an editor and saying you know, here here are my nine pitch plots. You know, which one do you like? So oh, we'll work with this one. Take this one. Or whatever. You know? And and you know you get that. I I I didn't. I just didn't care for it. You know, I I, I didn't. I, yeah. And I'm not one to schmooze i mean i'll schmooze but i'm not one to like sit in a bar i don't drink alcohol you know so it's like i'm gonna go to a bar and buy you a drink and i'm gonna sit, watch you stare at it while i beg for a job i'm like that's nah, all right <laughs> you know? um you know so yeah so I, I gave that i gave that up during this time we had a uh, tall tales was running a furlough and it ran, I don't know, 60 issues. At one point, we were the longest running, because um, Furlough was a, a monthly um, anthology that ran. It was like a furry anthology. Run out of Radio Comics uh, by Ellen Winkler. Great, great lady, great company, a lot of fun. And we were in there for a long time. One of the things that uh, a lot of people, well, one particular fan told us is that reading 12 tales eight pages at a time was like watching Lord of the Rings five minutes at a time. <laughs> so yeah, so, um, and then and then somewhere in in between me writing professionally, I came up with o the Oswald Chronicles. Sometime I guess around 93, 94, 95, somewhere in that area. Um, and it was basically just a release because I was writing in prose. I didn't have an artist to work with, so I said, you know what, I'll just write in prose. You know, this will just let me uh, work out that muscle, and I just started writing, writing, writing. So. And that was it. And what I was doing was as a series of short stories, right? So that you didn't need to rely on any of the other stories to read uh, any one story. So, you know, but as things happen, right? Uh, Oswald wasn't supposed to be the character he became. He was just supposed to be like my crib keeper, right? Okay. So he was supposed to be the person who tells the tale of other people, okay? Oh. Yeah, because I had all of these strange uh, fantasy stories I just wanted to tell with like fairies and goblins and all this other stuff. And I was like, all right, so and it, but you know, but of course Oswald, he had very strong personality. He ended up taking over the story. <laughs> He's like, my name is on the title. I'm taking over, buddy. It's mine. Yeah. So as some characters will do, they'll reach out to you. They'll be like, okay, well, this is the one that speaks to me the most. So this is where it's gonna go. So yeah, so the series ended up becoming just that, and that's why the series is a little disjointed. Right when people read it, they're like, "Where do I begin?" And I'm like, "Sit there." And I'm like, mm, "That's a good question." And I, I I ended up answering that question probably about ten years ago. I wrote a story called My First Day, and that story is the very first issue, more or less. Right, that's the first story. That's him as in his genesis where he meets a young girl, and she teaches him how to read. She teaches him how to write, and she teaches him um, <laughs> arithmetic, and she gives him his name. So then we move on to from there, and I wrote the second story, which is uh, Passing Queens and Making Homes. Okay. And yeah. yeah, and then that's the second story. And technically, the one that we're on now is the third story. We were just passing through, and this is where he learns magic, where he okay. officially learns magic. Where, where and he's, so my time with Clive and Fallen Gods, where does that rank? Oh, that ranks way further up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, Oswald's life um, is it's set in three stages, right? So we have his first life, we have his second life in dream, and then we have his third life where he comes, where he's resurrected. Okay. okay. So he's murdered at some point, then he's resurrected. That is third. That's his third life. That's the one I'm currently working on now. So. Okay. Yeah. So, but with his first life, which is what 
what we're dealing with now, we were just passing through. This is very early on in his um, in his life cycle. Okay. Yeah, and then eventually he uh, gets into a self-induced coma and he's asleep for two weeks. And he did that to go into dream, right? So he goes into dream and he, on our plane of existence, he's here, he's 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 asleep for two weeks. In their plane of in dream, he's there for eighty years. Oh wow! And, yeah, and during that time, he becomes an emperor, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a battle mage. Um, yeah, he becomes all those things. <laughs> yeah, and then when he return, and the thing that's um that's interesting and very disorienting for Oswald is when he wakes up because mm. the name of the story is called I was there and I were I was there and I remember mm. okay so he was there and he remembers everything it's not like when we go to sleep we might remember snippets but we don't remember the whole story right you understand maybe sometimes you'll, you'll get one night where you remember oh wow I got the whole thing and some people jot it down but you never actually ever remember the whole thing right. he remembers everything okay so he has this 80 year knowledge of what happened to him so he comes back a, a vastly different person than when he went in so imagine going in as like an 18 year old and coming out with someone who's eight, 80 plus years old right right uh with vast amount of knowledge of uh you know magic magic lore so on and so forth so yeah he comes out a vastly different person and but he's initially led to believe that it was just dream and it wasn't real you know, but although he feels differently, and one of the things he does, is he suppresses that. Mm -hmm. So then that that adds to further conflict later on, because um, the character Oswald, he's uh, he's he's sometimes been accused of being a what was a Gary Stu, right, or uh, or a, a, a was it Dow Sex Machina, right? Uh -huh. So he's a little too powerful, you know. Right. In the end, you know, he is ridiculously powerful, you know. But there's a reason for that. It's like he's not that just for no reason. And also the thing is, is he didn't just magically appear with his knowledge base. He had to learn it over years and years and years and years. What he would do is when he was uh, the emperor, he would he, he had a massive library that's available to him magic. He would go in there and he would go, lock himself in a room and he would freeze time while he's in that room. And while he's doing that, at the moment he freezes time, if he's in a state where he doesn't need to, like he's not hungry or he's not, um, he's already gone to the bathroom and everything's set. He's like that throughout the entire time that he's there. Oh, so wow. he, yeah, he would stay in that bubble, you know, what would be a month. And then he would come out and everybody think he's just gone for an hour, mm. you know, and he did this for years. So he so was technically more than 80 years then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably a few centuries old, if not older. Okay. Wow. But, you know, that's just, you know, him studying and practicing magic. Right. So, you know, it's not that he's just, you know, just appeared with these powers. No, he's studied. He's, he's done all these things. So, and he was a huge battle mage. And like I said, because there's a lot of resentment in him later on. We'll see that later in his second life and definitely in his third life, where he realizes that dream wasn't what is an actual real place. Some of his children survived some of the acts he had to do. He destroyed oh, wow. a city, <laughs> you know, because he was fighting a he was fighting a renegade god, and um, he, you know, there were just acts he had to perform that he didn't want to do, but he had to to save, you know, portions of his of his own, you know, people. Right. And he finds out later on that his kids, are, some of his kids, are alive, and it causes, you know, a big a big. Um, uh, I, I guess uh, Fisher between him and his friends in the real world, because mm -hmm. what happened was they were going into Dream, raising these armies, attacking his people, trying to get him away from them. So because there was this whole plot to keep him, it's very convoluted. It's very complicated. So there are these these elder gods who are trying to keep him asleep, mm -hmm. so that his real body would die, and he would be less of a challenge to them. Okay. In reality, you know, right. so if he's stuck in dream, he's lost there. But in reality, he was a real issue. Right. So, but yeah, and then, but what they just made it worse for themselves because they gave him this venue to become older and wiser and smarter and, um, and more powerful because of it. 
and yeah, so they ended up just screwing themselves over by by doing that because he eventually wakes up and you know, like I said, he has this vast knowledge right. base. Wow. So, yeah. 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 So. So 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 you have because uh, you know lo looking at it uh, looking at your history. So th this is the f this is the fourth um, compilation piece for Oswald Chronicles that is available. Right. Yes. So there's um, passing queens. Well, there's technically I, I I've just smashed it all together. My first okay. date, which is a one shot, is only it's a 24 page comic. Right. I mashed it together with passing queens and making homes. Okay. That's technically the first eight issues of his life. Okay. Then I have We Were Just Passing Through. This is the next four issues of his life. So okay. there's that. Then you're going to see also My Time with Clive. Yeah. That's when he's in Dream. He's, uh, okay, in Dream, he discovers where his where his power comes from. Okay. Because uh, the Calcians, those are the guys who teach him magic, this, this other race that we see and We Were Just Passing Through. There's a cost to casting spells. You know, you just can't just, you know, you just can't create energy and not take energy from someplace else. Right. So in Dream, he discovers where his power source comes from. It leaves him very disillusioned and it leaves him, um, yeah, he's very despondent for a little while. So he ends up taking like a six year walkabout in Dream. My time with Clive is the end of that walkabout, six months of his life. And um, it's with this baby giant, angel babe um called uh clive <laughs> and clive is he's, he's just a giant baby if you scroll down there might be a picture of him there he is there you go that's clive so he's he's a one he's a cyclops angel babe and uh oswald is he when he finds when he first find, runs across clive he's uh captured and he's enslaved by some demons oswald frees him and promises her to find him, find his parents, and that's what this, these seven, and through this story, we we encounter a bunch of other stories before we get to that point. So, right. this particular story that you're scrolling through is a very funny one. It's um, uh, it was a writer's prompt that I once heard, and I just laughed when I heard it. It was like, what if uh, Cthulhu met uh, hobbits? Huh? So, so yeah, so I I put it in an Oswald story. So. That's awesome. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny. I was just like, yeah, okay, let's 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 do that work. Um, you know, and then I have you know a few other crazy stories. I have a, a tribute to, uh, although he's not popular these days, Warren Ellis's authority, um, not authority, um, planetary. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, Warren Ellis not too popular these days. Uh, he did some bad things. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he needs to chill, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's written some great stuff, and I and I'm not gonna discount that. You know, Planetary is one of like my all-time favorite like comic books. Right. But there's stuff he did it that I did a tribute, like like a small tribute to uh, to that. And um, there's that, and there's the last two issues where you know that comes to culmination, and then he returns back to his family, Oswald. He goes back to his empire, and then he has to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, so you know, it, it's a long story. I have about I think I'm around 1,300 pages in. Wow. To to Oswald, uh, you know, just comics, um, yeah. And I'm figuring I probably got another 1,300 pages before I'm done. Okay. Yeah. If if even that. I mean, we're talking probably about 75 books, maybe. So how much? So but the, you have. So I guess my question, you know, you know, as as a comic book writer. Mm -hmm. you, you're. It sounds as though you're kind of going to go in between both because you know you know. The canned question is: Do you write? Do you find the character first and write the world around her, or do you have the world first and write the character? They can find the characters in that world. It seems as though you're kind of doing both at the same time. Yeah, pretty wow. much. Okay. Yeah, 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 pretty much. When uh, when I first came up with Oswald, Daphne disagrees with me wholeheartedly. <laughs> this is how it happened. Um, we were walking. We we're taking a walk through this through Manhattan, and we were past it. We were going from um, east side to west side, and um, and we're walking down, uh, yeah, from east side to west side, we're walking across Park Avenue. Park Avenue has these meridians, they're called malls, and they have like these huge flower beds that are taken care of by these nice, massive uh, banks, corporations that live all across these two. These are the two, if you walk down the street, it's the most manicured street in all of Manhattan because it's all banks. 
the, the sidewalks are clean. And I mean, when I say clean, I mean power wash clean. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful, <laughs> you know, but money. So yeah, it's going to be there. So there are these malls and Oswald lives on one. He has, and he lives with his, he lives with uh, Diane and Ordeth. Uh Diane is, um, she's a fairy. Ordeth is a troll. Diane represents the C the court of Seely, which is um, the fairies. So she's yeah. she represents light. Uh, Ordeth represents the unseely. He's a troll. He represents the darkness. He only comes out at night. She only comes out during the daytime. The two of them can only meet during dusk and dawn, right? right. During that twilight hour thing. Uh, sometimes Diane will come out at night. She'll have to be covered up because what happens is if she comes out during the nighttime, she like glows like a huge light bulb, and everybody can see her. Um, Ordith is a troll. He turns into stone if the sunlight hits him. But he he also has this thing where he he can summon a shadow that he can enshroud over himself. So he can come out in the sunlight sometimes, but it's risky for him. So he doesn't like doing it. But those are his two guardians. They're there, and the guardian is two ways. They're there to protect Oswald, but their their mission is also to destroy him if he ever gets out of hand. Okay. Because uh, there have been uh, entities, because he is a mouse. Mm -hmm. He is an actual mouse who was given sentience, but he doesn't know why. And there have been other creatures like him. Um, he eventually discovers, um, I'm forgetting his name, but he was, he, was a, he was a raven that also had this power in it. And, and I eventually explained that story, too, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it, it, gets, it gets crazy and complicated, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so talk to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, yeah yeah this latest Kickstarter here you have uh, just passing through and as you said this takes place on um, the, the 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 dream chapter of no 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 this is his first life this is first life okay yeah first okay. life this is, he's all in New York City he's he's in Manhattan and he's and he's having not so good of a time with all these crazy uh, calcians that's what they're called they're they're calcians they um. There's two races involved. One is Calcians and the other one is Grogs. Okay. Um, these two races were uh, on, um, in, I guess what we would refer to as the continent of the United States or in, in North and South America, uh, long before man ever showed up. Okay. okay. So once they saw man coming, the two races were always at war, but they came together and they said, listen, if we don't do something, we're going to get destroyed. These creatures are too big for us to deal with there's too many of them coming so what are we going to do so the two races got together and they got all their powerful their most powerful sorcerers together and they created an item right that would make them all invisible to mankind okay. the, uh, right the fairy the seely and the unseely they have their glamour so that's what does it for them but right. these guys run on a completely different system so um this this item this stone the calcians have it and they have it in a uh, vault okay. okay but there's also a special key that vault can't just be open they can't open it the, the calcians can't open it but the key was given to the grogs that's the agreement calcians have control of the item they have control of the key okay so you know the only way they could ever you know uh, if if they needed to get to it they have to come to an agreement and both parties have to be there to to, to do it so the grogs uh well the calcians end up finding out uh oh the grogs have uh we know where the key is so of course you know despite how well things are going in anyone's life and anyone's country you know there's always some dude saying well you know we could be doing a little bit better let's go steal the key right. so that's what happens is this small group of calcians were misled by some of their leadership and they steal this key they get it away and um, the Grogs, of course, they're not going to be, they're not just going to just take it. They're like, they gather their forces and they go after them. And they gather a lot of forces. You know, it's not like a small <laughs> little thing. This is serious for them. Um, because they're afraid that, you know, if uh, the Calcians get in there, they'll remove their portion where they'll be seen by man. It'll be wholesale slaughter. You know, it'll just be everybody like, oh, look, what's this little frog type guy? You know, let's pick him up and, you know, dissect him. Um, so, you know, that's their ultimate fear. So they they go on the warpath, and this small troop, probably about 60, 70 Calcians, ends up on Oswald's Mall. Um, this has, you know, 
a few different things that happen is that one, it introduces the Calcians to Oswald because they didn't know he was there. Because okay. the because uh, the the fairies, the fae, the Celia and Celia, they were keeping him hidden. Um, because they don't want anybody to know he's yeah. there, right? Because he's a pool of magic. Um, and the Calcians know like what he is, and they meet him. They start talking to him. And they're like, oh, okay, we know what you are, and they introduce him to magic. And they start teaching them, uh, like they, they give them books on structured magic and how on the way they do it. Their their science is magic. Okay. So they start teaching him that sort of thing. So he starts learning from books and things. So that that's that's the whole thing with this story. And then there's like you know a whole bunch of you know just battles and wars and all that stuff. So a lot of fun stuff. So if you're having some folks that are just just first to kind of discovering the Oswald Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Is this itself kind of a standalone story that we'll oh, yeah. understand? Okay. Oh yeah, there is one through four, and in the beginning of the first issue, I have uh, you know what's happened before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you don't need to uh, just um, get the issues prior, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I do see that you do have like uh, the cover of issue three is behind you on your wall too, huh? Yeah, that's that okay. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk a bit about as well as uh, before we jump into the tiers. I'm really curious. Oh, look at that. Okay, there they are. Huh? These are these are my proof copies from the printer. Okay. All so right. you know, as soon as the as soon as the campaign is done, um, you know, these go straight to the printer. So, okay. Yeah. And who? So uh, since you've been doing this for a while, what what's your recommendation for? Um, maybe independent publishers on what your recommendation is for um, getting things made is that getting books printed uh well it depends it depends okay. where you're at right so you know the we're all over the place as far as like where we're at in life right so my suggestion see here's the thing i'm using pod at the moment very expensive to print to them i mean we're talking two three dollars a book just for me to get it printed that's why right. the cost is so high on the kickstarter because you know individual books are just so expensive right um and I have to try to pull in a little bit of profit that I'm going to give over to my artist. And that's the other thing. Whatever money I get in, it goes straight to my artist. I don't right. keep any of it. It just goes straight to them, you know. So, yeah. So I got a day job. I work that. That's my life. And then, but, you know, the, the comics, that that's the fun part. So that goes straight to the artist. So. Right. And, and you know, for, for a long time, I was self-financing. So, but, you know, once I got into Kickstarter, I'm, I'm like 95, 95% there. You know, I'm still right. financing a little bit, but you know, but yeah, but I got most of it taken care of by Kickstarter, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But as far as uh, where you would uh, print, uh, you know, just I mean, Kablam uh, is is a resource. There's there's a whole bunch of comics Wellspring. There, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole slew of them. You just got to find the one that works with you. Right. You know that that's the thing. You just gonna have to find a work. And it also depends on where you're at. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, do you want to do offset? Because you can get the books I'm paying three bucks for or two bucks for, if you go offset and print two, three thousand of them, you might be able to get them for a buck. Mm -hmm. You might be able to get them for 75 cents. Right. So it just depends on the printing you come across and you know how you're going to do it. Um, but the thing I always caution everyone, if you're going to buy 3,000 books, the first thing you should be thinking about is how are you going to sell those books? How are you going to get rid of those books? Because you don't want to keep them. Okay, I mean, it's very nice to have them for about 10 minutes, but you want to move them out of your house or your garage or your storage space as quickly as possible, you know, because I, uh, I, back in the day when I first started, like Dreamweavers and Tall Tales and Reaver, that we had to do offset. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have POD, so yeah. I had to print 3,000 book print runs, in some cases 5,000 book print runs, right? And, you know, you end up with cases and cases. I mean, you can sleep on this stuff. You can make a bed. You can make, yeah, you can build a small house with some of these books if you if you really determine to. Uh, so, yeah, the key thing is how you're going to get rid of them, right? So, you know, you, you have to make that decision as to, like, you know, uh, are you going to distribute through Diamond? Uh, are you going to distribute through um, uh, Liberty uh, Entertainment, which is a new distributor that distributes indies? Are you going to uh, self-distribute? You're going to go to shows? I mean, there are guys who order 2,000 copies, and they just go to shows. They're selling 100, 100 copies per, sh you know, per show, two or 300 copies per show, mm. and they just keep it, you know, and that's how they do They do a bunch of shows, and they get rid of them. But you got to make that decision as to how that's best going to suit you. You know, right. that, that's the thing. 
you know, do you have the storage space, right? Are you one of these people that is fortunate and you live in this place where, you know, you have this giant place where you can put all this stuff in? Right. You know? uh, and so, so, but nowadays, is it, there's not much of a price difference, if I recall correctly, between color and black and white, or black and white is still a, a better deal? Uh, between, uh, in POD, there's still not a big difference. There's not, it's maybe like 50, 75 cents per book difference, right. which, you know, I mean, depends on, I mean, when you're talking about 100 books, it's not a big difference. Right. You're talking about 1,000 books, 2,000 books, 3,000 books, then it becomes a difference, right? Because right. then you're talking about, you know, Maybe a couple of great, maybe a hundred, hundreds of dollars, and maybe possibly thousands of dollars. Oh, uh, but yeah, PLD is not that big of a difference. The only big difference is if uh, you know, like I said, I'm hiring an artist. So if uh, you know, I can hire an artist to do pen and ink and gray tones, right? And that's one fee. And then I have to hire a color artist to go in and color. It. So mm -hmm. that's another fee. So yeah, that's that's where you have to also make another decision because those numbers are just hard they're just like you know i say okay i'm paying x amount for my page rate and you just got to pay it and that's what it is so <laughs> you know the only good thing is that that's usually a one-time fee if you know sometimes you have agreements where you, you come to a certain point where you make enough money you're like okay now i can start paying a royalty to these right. guys but you still have to make back whatever you put in initially and that's so oh go ahead Sorry. no 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 go ahead i was gonna say and where do you uh, where would you recommend comic book writers to find artists? There's a couple of places. Um, I find all mine on DeviantArt. Okay. So I've I've been on there a lot, and you know I've been on there forever. Um, you know, but I I tell everybody test them out. You know, um, what I do is I usually get a pinup from an artist. I'll say, okay, let's do a pinup. Let's see how they can draw the character, especially with Oswald. Oswald, you know, it's funny. Like you know, I get these guys from Marvel and DC, right? And I'm like. You know, they can draw, like, here's the thing, a, a person who can draw a big beefy man, right, could draw Superman, could draw Thor, mm -hmm. could draw Spider-Man, could draw the Hulk, right? But then you ask them to draw a mouse, and they're like, well, what the hell? That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy go nuts, you know? So, yeah, that that's the thing, especially when it's, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, um, the animated features on them, they're like, they start to freak out a little bit. They're like, oh, that's, what is that? You know, so I've gotten excellent art. I've gotten bad pieces from excellent artists. <laughs> okay. So it's like, you know, everything else is fantastic. And then you see Oswald, he's just, you see his face, it's just like, oh, that doesn't work, you know. <laughs> um, but I've gotten some excellent pieces from some excellent artists who are just different. It's just, you know, the mindset is different, you know. Right. That's the difference between I, I would imagine. I mean, I like to say illustrators and artists. Like every artist has a bit of an illustrator in them. Every illustrator has a bit of an artist in them. So it's it's yin and yang, right? But you know, but you have your dominant ends. You know, you have guys who or guys and gals who can um, you show them a street and they can draw that street exactly the, the way you know, like line for line. They're like, boom, there's your street. And then you're like, all right, draw me this figure of this goofy looking person. And like, uh, I can't. Really do that, right? Do you have some reference, <laughs> right? And then you have some people who you just tell them the same exact thing, and they're like, the street, they'll give you some abstract thing for it, but that person, though, look incredible. They're like, ah, ah, there you go, there's your person, and they'll look all crazy and goofy, and you know, yeah. and they look fantastic. Is the difference between, um, I don't know, someone like Mike Mangiola, right? Or John Byrne, even? Well, I think John Byrne floats between the two. And I don't know, pick a model. I, I'm, what's funny is that there's so many great artists today. Like when I was a kid, right in the in the 80s and even the early 90s, you could keep track of all of the of most of the artists, right? right? So you had John Byrne and George Perez and Mignola and Adams and and uh, the the two Basima brothers and, and you know John Miller Jr. Frank Miller and so on and so forth. You could keep track of them. Right. Today I. It's like 160 books. I was like, how do you keep track of everybody's working There's on? So many books, yeah. Exactly. exactly. You know, and yeah. and it's, and the thing is, is you know, regardless of what you think of, um, you know, how well they're written or not written or whatever, typically you have on most of them really good artists, right? Um, and yeah, it's just trying to keep track of them. You know, it's just like who's who. But yeah, but in that particular instance, you know, you, you find yourself someone who's an illustrator, and then you just like, okay, they're not gonna work on this type of project. So you have to be very particular about who you uh, find. When you find an artist, say, listen, draw this. And then if you really like their stuff, 
like, okay, write a very short story, two, three pages. Okay. Maybe maybe four. You understand? Very short. Because what you're going to want to get is the, is the way they tell a story, their sense of timing, so on and so forth. And you give them that story, and then, and then you see how they capture information. You know, like you see, like, you know, are they willing to commu uh, communicate with you? Are they going to ask you questions? Right. Right? Are they going to, you know, because... Uh, I'll sometimes send an artist um, very brief, very, very brief descriptions to see if they'll ask me questions, you know, because I want to see, is, is this person going to communicate with me or okay. is this person or is this person just going to just go, go crazy and do their own thing? Sometimes you get both. Sometimes it works. You get, you have, you have some people who come in and be like, oh, okay, that's fine. And they'll just draw, draw whatever, you know, comes to them and they give it to you. And then you work from the um, from the layouts they send you. Like, oh, okay, this guy will work, because then because you, you have some artists that you're gonna have to communicate a lot with. Right. And then you have some you like you you like with uh, my current artist Jade. Well, she's my current artist. She's been the art. She's the main artist on the series. Jade Gonzalez. She's she's the um, she's the one that's been putting up with me forever. <laughs> she, she's she's incredible. The only person who's been putting up with me longer is Daphne. So you know that, you know. It's like, it's like, you know, a saint and goddess, you know? So, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, but with Jade, I, I, I hand her a script, she'll read it and she'll, she'll send me this list and she'll be like, okay, here are all my questions. Right. And then I'll answer all the questions in the story. And then at that point, I don't have communication. is just like, she's just sending me pages. She we don't we we she doesn't even send me layouts anymore. She just sends me the pages. <laughs> you know, she's like, here's your pages. I'm like, fine. And they, and they work out, you know, fine because she knows what she's doing. We've done, phew, like I said, twelve hundred pages ago, thirteen hundred pages ago. So yeah, we're at a point where we're just like, oh, it's, it's, it's very easy, very smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I would suggest DeviantArt and another one is ArtStation. I've never used it, but I've looked through. I've looked through it. A okay. lot of fantastic artists in there. So those are the two places I would suggest. Those are the two uh, places. Also, Facebook, they have a number of groups that are like uh, matching writers and matching artists together. I haven't used them, uh, but they do look like they're effective. Okay. All right, cool. Do we have, so let's, let's, let's pull back in. Let's, now let's chat about a bit about your, um, your, your tiers. So you have on here, I like this. This is kind of like your intro here, your big sample taste. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that just recently. I was like, okay, let me put this up just to give everybody an idea of what's going on. So what we have here is um, the two on the left. So that's uh, number three and number four covers to uh, we were just passing through. Right. So those are available. We also have issues seven and eight. Cover these are the alternative covers. Okay. To passing queens and making homes. So th these are two covers. If anyone's looking to uh, maybe get into it and do a catch-up, I have a uh, add-on tier where you can buy the other the first six issues. Okay. So it's an add-on tier. So if you want to do that, that's available to you. Okay. Uh, just just below that on the left-hand side, that's a little package that I have. I have. Uh, all right, I can show it to you on screen. Right. So it's these things. It's it's a coaster. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it, it's a coaster, and then I have these two uh, stickers. Okay. And I have this little acrylic pin. Oh, right awesome. so this little acrylic pen um that's for the first 41 physical backers okay. now if you look yeah if you look at the campaign it says i have like 56 backers now the thing is is um a lot there's a bunch of them are pdfs so i still think there are 10 or 12 okay. um, of, of these still available so okay. those are the first 41 backers and then um yeah okay but yeah but we do sell a lot of pdfs which is cool don't get me wrong. I love my PDFs. Yeah. Um, and then if you see next to it, there's this guy. And this uh -huh. is a, yeah, that's a hard enamel pin or a cloisonne. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So that's a hard enamel pin. And that's, uh, it's available as an add-on. And it's, there's also a level, a couple of levels where he's, where it's uh, available as well. Okay. And then, yeah. And then we hit stretch goals. Nice. Yeah. And what we're going to, what we're doing is I'm doing a nine card set. So it's the trading cards and there's nine of them. So these are the first three. It was unlocked at 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. The next one's at 3,000. And um, it may go over two campaigns. We'll see. But on the back of them is going to be a, a, an image of where it's going to be like um, a puzzle image. 
So you put the cards together. Oh, cool. And you have, have a full image. So if you have one of, so if you get one of those nine panel sheets, and you put them in, right, right, on the back you'll have one complete image. Oh, that's awesome. So where'd you come up with that idea? Is that did you see that I, someplace else? Or? Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen it a couple other places. Yeah, so I okay. just thought it, I was like, oh, that's cool. So I'll try okay. that. So, so, so we're we're looking at so we're looking at you got your your pledge level here is like you got your big sample test, then you got your eight dollars, which is your PDF level one, number right. one here, uh, which is issues where you got three through four, and also passing queens and making homes eight and nine. Right. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, and and then you have your for for the other for the other amount you can. So, so this is basically for the ones who, basically who already have the other issues, basically, right? Correct. Okay. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And then, but and then, there, there's catch-up levels. Right. And so this would be one of those catch-up levels here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Issues one through four, and also the uh, the passing queens. That's a great deal because then you got all of a sudden for sixteen bucks, you're getting, uh, you're getting twelve issues. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have an even better deal further up. <laughs> okay. But this one here? Which one is that? The $20 one? Oh, those are the alternative covers. Yeah, those are the alternative covers. Now, if you keep going, this is a PDF deal. If you keep okay. going. All right, PDF it's a, deal. Yeah, it's a alternate PDF. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that this has a lot of... basically everything, right? Yeah. For Oswald yeah. Chronicles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll get... um. Passing Queens and Making Homes, we were just passing through uh, My Time with Clive, um, It Came Seeking Me, which is a one-shot, and Fallen Gods, plus uh, the two um, hardcover, well, the, the PDFs of the two graphic novels that I released, mm -hmm. that has uh, On the Wings of Deidre, and just uh, forgetting the name of that story. <laughs> and, then, and then there's also, uh, um, like, three chat books, which are prose, and then like three or four other, or two or three other uh, prose books as well. Wow. So you're getting, yeah, so you're getting a lot of prose, a lot of prose, a lot of comics. Right. So you're probably getting about six, seven hundred pages worth of comics. You're probably getting just as many prose pages. Right. So, mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you also have the four, this is, uh, this is the limited edition hard copies of, okay. Yeah, that's four. one through four. Okay. And that's kind of the catch up because, in a way, if somebody's already. Right. If somebody's so already. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And then you have on here the alternative covers to. Um, we were just passing through. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that has a pin in there. They'd be able to, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And then you have just passing through. Mm hmm. PDFs, and you have also, and, and and all the hardcover versions come with PDFs as well, correct? Oh yeah, yes, yes. Okay. I, I yeah. Everybody, if you get the physical books, you get a PDF as well. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have, and then you have here your for fifty five dollars, you get your limited edition hard copies of, of, just passing through three and four, um, limited edition, of, and then you have oh the pro story under there. Right, there's like three three prose books that I release. So, and how does that look? Is it like a floppy, or is that like an no, actual... no, no, no? They're um, they're actually uh, prose. They're like little little novels. Really? Yeah. They're, okay. Um, give me a second. I'm gonna okay. disappear for a second. I'm curious to see that. So they're like this. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, they're you know it's just prose, right? With some illustrations. Okay. Let me, let me see. And with these fit and these prose, are they in which life of Oswald? Are they? Oh, uh, they. All right, I didn't even get to explain that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, like that's one of the illustrations. This is done by a buddy of mine, uh, Mike DeBush. Excellent. Artist. Okay. But, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's uh, Matt Lusford. Oh, uh, wow. So. So yeah, so some of it is, um, some of it's in his first life. Some of it's, in, it's either his first life or or in dreams. So it's one or the other. Okay. Um, so yeah, so what happened was with this series when I had first started it, I didn't start in the beginning like a smart person. 
right. you know, because I'm, you know, as they refer to as galaxy brained. So mm -hmm. I started in the middle. <laughs> and what I would do is, here's the thing. Like, I didn't realize I was writing such a big story, right? So what I would do is like, oh, I was like, all right. I started figuring things out. I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. So I was like, how am I going to do this without knowing this? I know what I'll do. I'll write a story at this point in his life, okay? So I would skip to the future, write that story, and that would give me the information that I would need to write a prior story, okay? So yeah, so I, I work a little, I work strange. So it's, so, so I, write, I write that, that'll give me this, and I'll write this, and this will give me this over all the way back here. Right. Yeah, so I, I, so I jump all over his timeline so a friend of mine, what did he call me? He said I was the, the master of, um, I, forgot, I forgot what he said, but he, it was something about jumping all over time. I was, it was very, this was very strange. Cause yeah, cause I would do stuff with him in dream. Cause I was right. trying to figure, figure out his life. And at this point I have, I have it pretty much all figured out. So right. I am literally, I'm working on the last story of his third life. So I'm, I'm literally working on the last story right. of Oswald. Now, but the thing is, though, is even when I'm done with that, I have two or three other stories I'm going to have to write that's somewhere in the middle <laughs> that, to help flesh it out. But then at that point, I'm pretty much done with the writing. Then it's just a matter of just, um, you know, transcribing and editing and doing all that stuff. Because uh, I don't know what type of process you go through, but I'll like uh, his third life. I've written, I don't know, probably about 13 stories, no, 12 stories at this point, right? Um, and what I'll do is I'll write them in uh, you know long form. I'll transcribe them. Uh, oh, and then long form, like before I get to transcribing it, it might be several months, right? So I'll get to it. I'll you know I'll transcribe it. I'll do some edits at that point because that's just how the brain works, right? You'll do some edits, and then I'll print it out, put a binder clip on it, set it on the side, transcribe a bunch of it. You know, write the you know live life, do all that stuff. Yeah. Four or five months later, I'll pull it out and I'll start doing a full edit on it and I'll just go through it and do whatever I have to do. And you know, the process could take a couple years, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's the one thing that I find that's fantastic about working on your own stuff. You can take as much time as you need. Right. You know? and, and the thing is, yeah. And the thing is, is like, I'm never done editing, you know, right. I'll, even the stories that, that are published, I'll be like, I'll be flipping through stuff. And I'll be like, ooh, that's not right. And I'll correct it. And I'll go back to the digital files. And you know, this printing, you know, uh, this was not. But the next printing yeah. <laughs> will be fixed. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's how we are. that's how we go about it. So that's exciting because I'm looking at it too. Is like, so your ultimate. I'm just right here at the ultimate book level. This is basically anybody who likes a hard copy of. Everything Oswald is right here. Yeah, you should see when I mail that sucker out. It's a pile of books about that high. And you were looking at so, and you have these at least you know two backers on this so far. That means that you, these are new readers probably. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, what happened? What happened was in the uh, the prior Oswald uh, campaign for this it was for issues one and two. Right. Someone had contacted me and they said, "Hey, I remember you having a uh, ultimate book level." Right. right in prior campaigns and i was like yeah i got it i was like and the reason i didn't put it put it up is because nobody was biting on it for i had right. two or three campaigns nobody bit on it and i was just uh, you know it's just eating up space so i didn't bother putting it up so this person had contacted me i said okay so i put it up and i put it up for three i said okay let me open it up just three slots all three slots were sold wow. and i was like yeah that's what i said i was like whoa okay so I put it on this one. I got two backers. That's fantastic. I opened it up for five. Yeah. If I, if I score another one, I'll be happy. You know. Yeah. But even yeah. I would say, like this is, I mean, all of these, the, all of these books combined is by far probably one of the best deals I've seen on a Kickstarter when you add it all together no. from the, the money wise. Yeah, there's a lot of books there. You know? Right. And then you know, and then I like to throw in all my extra chashkis. I have bookmarks and cards and all sorts right. of other stuff so right yeah. this is great well you know what so i gotta say jd this is exciting i am i i'm, I'm excited for you i'm excited about this um thank you and i'm really and you know as we we're saying at the, at the beginning of the year i, I 
first discovery through Telltales, and now being able to discover Oswald. It's it's fun to see these uh, how these create these coming mm -hmm. together. So I'll have to get you back on the show when uh, for your next Kickstarter. You've done twenty two so far, so I think it's a safe yeah. that you're going to be doing more. So yeah, there's another twenty two coming. <laughs> <laughs> Another 22 coming. And that's the thing. that we, we cycle through them very quickly, or at least I try to, because right. I have a lot of material. Because, right. um, all right, so we'll finish this one when it finishes. As soon as, I'm, as soon as it locks, I'll get the number of books I need to print. I'll send it off to the printer. That'll get back to me within two weeks. And then once I get them and I get paid from a Kickstarter, I start shipping out books. Perfect. And yeah, and then, we, then we'll have another campaign, you know, right on the heels. Right, excellent. So. Well, thank you very much, JD. It's been a genuine pleasure chatting with you. I enjoyed it. All right, thank you, Barney. I really appreciate it. You know, and listen, anybody and everybody. I also have listen. Here's one thing: I'm selling all this stuff, and it's fantastic, right? But there's also uh, theoswaldchronicles.com, which has these a lot of these stories in serialized form. So if you want, it's broken up. You know, it's broken up in blocks. Yeah, there you go. Well, this one actually has a full page on it, which is kind of rare, but you know, you can read the stories on there as well. So, you know, it's available to you, you know. Um, you know, I, I just want, it's funny because this is a passion project for me. Right. I don't write it for money. Um, it would be nice if I could make some, but you know, that's not really the reason I do it for, you know. Well, like I said, whatever funds I generate, I give to the artists, you know, to right. just to continue the project. So, um, yeah. So if you would just want to read it, Go to the go to the website and go read it. You know, it would be nice if you you want to buy some physical stuff, get that too. <laughs> right, it's at the as you say at theoswaldchronicles.com. Yes, and they're able to also see everything together is also on Dreamweaver Press. Yes, as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that yeah, you'll find the link for uh, Tall Tales online there, and there's a link there on on the Oswald Chronicles for Tall Tales as well. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much, JD, and uh, and, and thank you, congratulations Brian. on your Kickstarter. And uh, looking forward to talking to you again. Yep, it'll be a blast. You know, hopefully, I have one new. <laughs> What's funny is all the really cool stuff is in front of me. <laughs> it's on my desk, so I can see it while I write. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's my oh, HP yeah. Lovecraft statue and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I I have in front of me. I just basically have the uh, all the egg carton soundboard stuff in front of me, so it makes it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have like all these toys and things. I'm like, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I shouldn't do. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Exclusive. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. That's my HP Lovecraft. I have him there so that he can stare at me and remind me to write. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He's always there. He's always there, like, you know, shaming me. Like, why are you just...